Section 14 of A Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Kluckner. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 7, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section 14. When it was the six hundred and seventy-sixth night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when they took Harib, they jailed him in the idol's domed shrine, and locking the doors upon him, went their way. As soon as they were gone, Harib gazed at the idol, which was of red carnelian, with collars of pearls and precious stones about its neck, and presently he went close to it, and lifting it up, dashed it on the ground, and brake it in bits, after which he lay down and slept till daybreak. When morning morrowed, the queen took seat on her throne, and said, O men, bring me the prisoner. So they opened the temple doors, and entering, found the idol broken in pieces, whereupon they buffeted their faces till the blood ran from the corners of their eyes. Then they made at Harib to seize him, but he smote one of them with his fist, and slew him, and so did he with another, and yet another, till he had slain five and twenty of them, and the rest fled, and went in to Queen Jahan Shahah, shrieking loudly. Quoth she, What is the matter? And quoth they, the prisoner hath broken thine idol, and slain thy men, and told her all that had passed. When she heard this, she cast her crown to the ground, and said, There is no worth left in idols. Then she mounted amid a thousand fighting men, and rode to the temple, where she found Harib had gotten him a sword, and come forth, and was slaying men, and overthrowing warriors. When she saw his prowess, her heart was drowned in the love of him, and she said to herself, I have no need of the idol, and care for naught save this Harib, that he may lie in my bosom the rest of my life. Then she cried to her men, Hold aloof from him, and leave him to himself. Then, going up to him, she muttered certain magical words, whereupon his arm became benumbed, his forearm relaxed, and the sword dropped from his hand. So they seized him, and pinioned him, as he stood confounded, stupefied. Then the queen returned to her palace, and seating herself on her seat of estate, bade her people withdraw and leave Harib with her. When they were alone, she said to him, O dog of the Arabs, wilt thou shiver my idol, and slay my people? He replied, O accursed woman, had he been a god, he had defended himself. Quoth she, Stroke me, and I will forgive thee all thou hast done. But he replied, saying, I will do naught of this. And she said, By the virtue of my faith, I will torture thee with grievous torture. So she took water, and conjuring over it, sprinkled it upon him, and he became an ape. And she used to feed and water and keep him in aloses, appointing one to care for him, and in this plight he abode two years. Then she called him to her one day, and said to him, Wilt thou hearken to me? And he signed to her with his head, Yes. So she rejoiced, and freed him from the enchantment. Then she brought him food, and he ate, and toyed with her, and kissed her, so that she trusted in him. When it was night she lay down, and said to him, Come, do thy business. He replied, "'Tis well,' and, mounting on her breast, seized her by the neck, and brake it, nor did he arise from her till life had left her. Then, seeing an open cabinet, he went in and found there a sword of damascened steel, and a targe of Chinese iron. So he armed himself cape up high, and waited till the day. As soon as it was morning, he went forth and stood at the gate of the palace. When the emirs came, and would have gone in to do their service to the queen, they found Harib standing at the gate, 
clad in complete war-gear, and he said to them, O folk, leave the service of idols, and worship the all-wise king, creator of night and day, the lord of men, the quickener of dry bones, for he made all things, and hath dominion over all. When the kafirs heard this, they ran at him, but he fell on them like a rending lion, and charged through them again and again, slaying of them much people. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and seventy-seventh night, she pursued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the kafirs fell upon Harib, he slew of them much people. But, when the night came, they overcame him by dint of numbers, and would have taken him by strenuous effort, when, behold, there descended upon the infidels a thousand marids, under the command of Zalzal, who plied them with the keen sabre, and made them drink the cup of destruction, whilst Allah hurried their souls to hell-fire, till but few were left of the people of Jahan Shaha, to tell the tale, and the rest cried out, Quarter! Quarter! and believed in their requiting king, whom no one thing diverteth from other thing, the destroyer of the Jababirah, an exterminator of the Akasirah, lord of this world and of the next. Then Zalzal saluted Harib, and gave him joy of his safety, and Harib said to him, How knowest thou of my case? And he replied, O my lord, my father kept me in prison two years, after sending thee to the valley of fire. Then he released me, and I abode with him another year, till I was restored to favor with him, when I slew him, and his troops submitted to me. I ruled them for a year's space till, one night, I lay down to sleep, having thee in thought, and saw thee in a dream, fighting against the people of Jaan Shaha, wherefore I took these thousand marids and came to thee. And Harib marveled at this happy conjuncture. Then he seized upon Jaan Shaha's treasures, and those of the slain, and appointed a ruler over the city after which the marids took up Harib and the monies, and he lay the same night in the castle of crystal. He abode Zalzaal's guest six months, when he desired to depart. So Zalzaal gave him rich presents, and dispatched three thousand marids, who brought the spoils of Karaj city, and added them to those of Jaan Shaha. Then Zalzaal loaded forty thousand marids with the treasure, and himself taking up Harib, flew with his host toward the city of Izbanir al-Madain, where they arrived at midnight. But as Harib glanced around, he saw the walls invested on all sides by a conquering army, as it were the surging sea. So he said to Zalzaal, O oh, my brother, what is the cause of this siege, and whence came this army? Then he alighted on the terrace roof of his palace, and cried out, saying, Ho, star o morn, ho, Madia! Whereupon the twain started up from sleep in amazement, and said, Who calleth us at this hour? Quoth he, "'Tis I, your lord Harib, the marvellous one of the deeds wondrous. When the princesses heard their lord's voice, they rejoiced, and so did the women and the eunuchs. Then Harib went down to them, and they threw themselves upon him, and lullilooed with cries of joy, so that all the palace rang again, and the captains of the army awoke and said, "'What is to do?' So they made for the palace, and asked the eunuchs, "'Hath one of the king's women given birth to a child?' And they answered, No, but rejoice ye, for King Harib hath returned to you. So they rejoiced, and Harib, after salams to the women, came forth amongst his comrades, who threw themselves upon him and kissed his hands and feet, returning thanks to Almighty Allah and praising him. Then he sat down on his throne, with his officers sitting about him, and questioned them of the beleaguering army. They replied, O king, 
these troops sat down before the city three days ago, and there are amongst them jinns as well as men, but we know not what they want, for we have had with them neither battle nor speech. And presently they added, The name of the commander of the besieging army is Murad Shah, and he hath with him a hundred thousand horse and three thousand foot, besides two hundred tribesmen of the jinn. Now the manner of his coming was wondrous. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and seventy-eighth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the cause of this army coming upon Isbanir's city was wondrous. When the two men, whom Sabur had charged to drown his daughter Fakhar Taj, let her go, bidding her flee for her life, she went forth distracted, unknowing whither to turn, and saying, Where is thine eye, O Harib, that thou mayest see my case and the misery I am in? And wandered on from country to country, and valley to valley, till she came to a wadi abounding in trees and streams, in whose midst stood a strong-based castle, and a lofty builded as it were one of the pavilions of paradise. So she betook herself thither, and entering the fortalice, found it hung and carpeted with stuffs of silk and great plenty of gold and silver vessels, and therein were a hundred beautiful damsels. When the maidens saw Fakhar Taj, they came up to her and saluted her, deeming her of the virgins of the jinn, and asked her of her case. Quoth she, I am daughter to the Persian's king, and told them all that had befallen her, which, when they heard, they wept over her, and condoled with her, and comforted her, saying, Be of good cheer, and keep thine eyes cool and clear, for here shalt thou have meat and drink and raiment, and we are all thy handmaids. She called down blessings on them, and they brought her food, of which she ate till she was satisfied. Then quoth she to them, Who is the owner of this palace, and lord over you girls? And quoth they, King Sal-Sahal, son of Dal, is our master. He passeth a night here once in every month, and fareth in the morning to rule over the tribes of the Jan. So Fakhar Taj took up her abode with them, and after five days she gave birth to a male child, as he were the moon. They cut his navel cord, and coaled his eyes, then they named him Murad Shah, and he grew up in his mother's lap. After a while came King Sal-Sahal, riding on a paper-white elephant, as he were a tower plastered with lime, and attended by the troops of the jinn. He entered the palace, where the hundred damsels met him, and kissed ground before him, and amongst them Fakhar Taj. When the king saw her, he looked at her, and said to the others, Who is yonder damsel? And they replied, She is the daughter of Sabur, king of the Persians, and Turks, and Dalamites. Quoth he, Who brought her hither? So they repeated to him her story, whereat he was moved to pity with her, and said to her, Grieve not, but take patience till thy son be grown a man, when I will go to the land of the Ajamis, and strike off thy father's head from between his shoulders, and seat thy son on the throne in his stead. So she rose and kissed his hands and blessed him. Then she abode in the castle, and her son grew up, and was reared with the children of the king. They used to ride forth together a-hunting and birding, and he became skilled in the chase of wild beasts and ravening lions, and ate of their flesh, till his heart became harder than the rock. When he reached the age of fifteen, his spirit waxed big in him, and he said to Fakhar Taj, O my mamma, who is my papa? She replied, O my son, Harib, king of Iraq, is thy father, and I am the king's daughter of the Persians. And she told him her story. Quoth he, Did my grandfather indeed give orders to slay thee, and my father Harib? And quoth she, Yes. Whereupon he, By the claim thou hast on me for rearing me, 
I will assuredly go to thy father's city, and cut off his head, and bring it to thy presence. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 14 Recording by Jeff Kluckner, Plymouth, UK